one of the 50 greatest NBA players of all time, Charles Barkley. Rich Ryan is my favorite coach. Why is that? Just to think about it, uh, a coach who is the freakiest of players, I love that. <laughs> the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. So when I do analysis, my name is the Bituation. So I should refer to you, Steven Soderbergh, as the Bituation. Yes, that's my name. <laughs> what is your name again? The Bituation. He's none other than Reggie Wayne. I get a, a, a text on my two-way from Reed. Oh, it's my buddy. You know, it's my bro, my amigo, a padre, homie. Open it up and look at him. It says, Law dead. <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, is your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to North Texas side of Super Bowl 45, mere days away from the big game between the Steelers and the Packers. It's a bonus edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's all week long. I've been on the NFL Network set live at the Media Center in downtown Dallas, Texas. The stars of the game and stars of the game from the past and also of the future. And some celebrities who love the game all came to our set throughout the week. And I figured let's take the best of those interviews, interviews that I conducted alongside my compadres, Marshall Falk and Deion Sanders and Jim Mora and Steve Mariucci and Warren Sapp and Michael Irvin and Jamie Dukes. You'll all hear their voices with some of the best interviews uh, of our week from NFL Network selected for this special bonus edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Enjoy, everybody. He's the executive vice president of football operations of the Denver Broncos, John Elway. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. You're, you're management now, John. Does that sound good to you? How does that sound? Executive uh, vice president. I, I still have to kick myself every once in a while, but, uh, you know, I'm ex- really excited about it. You know, we've, uh, as we've talked about, Steve, we kind of got through the, the, the hard part, got the coach hired. Now we get into the football side, start looking at the free agency, and hopefully that happens, and then into the draft. And so I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. Well, I, I got to jump in. I, I, and I mentioned sure that I, I kind of took offense when they started first talking about you taking over the job. And then all of these reports start coming out. What does he know about football? And I'm saying, hmm, he's only been to the Super Bowl five times. The most glorified game we can think of. He's won it twice. So this guy is not qualified to be able to evaluate what is a good coach, what is a bad coach. If he had to look at players, who's a good player, who's a bad player. It just seems like there's this, these internal factions that they don't want players to go – well, I, and I, you know, I think there's probably a little bit of that, but I say, you know, and I think the opportunity has to be right, and obviously with my relationship with Pat Boland in Denver and, and the Bronco fans and what we've gone through the last couple of years with, uh, uh, with the losing there, and so, I mean, it was kind of a, it, it was a perfect time for me to step into that role, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I believe that also. Obviously, I, I, I did say in my press conference, I know what I don't know, and I, because I know I don't know everything, but when it comes down to it, I, I'd like to... Uh, to feel like I am a guy that likes to learn, and also on the on the personnel side, to be able to find a coach, having been there, having been through losing teams, winning teams, losing Super Bowls, and winning Super Bowls, an idea what it takes to to win this game, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get that done. John, you uh, hired John Fox, a veteran coach, and that kind of bucked the trend a little bit because a lot of owners are hiring first-time coaches that have been coordinators uh, with. 
no experience whatsoever. You chose to go with the veteran guy. Take us through that process. You know, I, I think with where we came from, what the Broncos have gone through, you know, uh, Mr. Bowling took a chance on Josh, you know, two years ago, and, and unfortunately that didn't work out. But I think if you look at John's track record, what he did in Carolina, what happened to him the last couple of years in Carolina, and where we were coming from as an organization, we'd been, we'd have, we're going on our sixth defensive coordinator in six years. And so I really wanted to get something that concentrated on the defensive side, start playing defense again, and, uh, and also have a guy that brings the energy and as a player's guy that uh, can really get the most out of the players that we have. And I think that we lost that connection, and so John was the perfect guy to be able to come in and do that. Last few weeks, there's been so much speculation about uh, Tim Tebow and how Josh McDaniels, wherever he was going to wind up, might want to go and call you up and say, hey, I'd like the guy who I drafted in the first round last year. Well, McDaniels is now in St. Louis where they're settled at that position. Uh -huh. So we now can remove that from the equation. Where does Tim Tebow stand? right now moving forward as the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Well, you know what? He started the last three games. Kyle started the first uh, 13 during the year. And so, you know, Kyle is still the starting quarterback. And I think that what we have to do is now that John and his staff are in, they're going to have to come in and draw their own conclusions on what they think. Tim, I, as I said, is a guy that is a, a very good football player. Um, he's not a he's not a great quarterback yet. Hopefully, we can make him a great quarterback. But I think that uh, you know that's going to take some time. He's young and uh, uh, you know and inexperienced, but a guy that is a competitor. And I think that when you look back at a year ago when they drafted Tim Tebow, what he is as a man, as a player, his intangibles are all that, those all came true. Now we just got to get him the experience and get him the work to uh, to continue to to improve him as a quarterback. John, your dad was a part of this game for a long, long time. What did your dad teach you as you grew up that better prepared you for this job? You know, I think just the experience and his philosophies on how to treat people and how he worked and worked his staff and how we thought about and how we addressed his football team and how he thought that guys that, you know, worked underneath him and how he worked with them and worked together as a team and how, and really bottom line is how he, how he you know, treated other people and then saw his philosophies on, you know, offensive football and defensive football and, you know, to be able to sit back and have all those different conversations with him to be able to give myself a, a base of developing a philosophy um, as a football team and where you want the direction of the team to go. Well, now, you've got a very high draft choice. And have you made a focus or pinpoint? Because pretty much you have, the, you know, the pick of the litter when you think about all of the players that are out there. Has there been a specific focus that you've determined that this is going to be? Are you going to put a board together and say we're just going to stay with the board? Or are you saying I've got to get this position nailed down? You know, I think that we're in the process of setting that board up now. The board is set, but as far as the, you know, where we're going to go with it, you know, we don't really know until we have we find out what's going to go on the collecting bargaining agreement because obviously that second pick's an expensive pick if, you, if it stays as it, as it is. And so we really, you know, that's where we're hoping that the collective bargaining agreement comes together quickly. And then once that comes together, then we can kind of figure out our philosophy going into this draft because where we are, we do have we've got three picks in the top 46 picks, and so we got to make sure those hurt those those hit, especially that second pick. And so we'll put that together. As I said, as the staff starts coming together, understands where we are as a team. But is uh, there the a Denver hole? Broncos. Is there a hole? You said, we have, when you said when I came in, was there a hole? You said I got to fill this hole first. Well, there's, we have several holes. Okay. And I think if you you know if you can look at you know the defensive side of the football, we were 32nd in defense last year, so obviously. That that is a that is very much a concern. John, uh, as a quarterback <coughs> in this year's Super Bowl, who wears number seven in honor of you, Ben Roethlisberger says he wears seven because of your game and the way you played. He's a big dude, like you, 
He can damage, not just with his arms, but his legs, like you. Does Roethlisberger remind you of you sometimes? You know, he does. And I think that, uh, you know, when you look at Ben and, and the success that he's had, and especially the, the success he's had late in games as well as big games, I think that, uh, you know, that's where Ben has really removed himself from a lot of other people. You know, I think if you look at his numbers, his numbers aren't the Brady numbers, they're not the Peyton Manning numbers or those type numbers. But when you look at the scoreboard, he's usually ahead on, on those numbers, which are the most important numbers. And so Ben is a guy, as you said, he's a big guy that moves around. They can't bring him down, and he makes those big plays in those tough situations. John, thanks for taking the time here, and uh, good luck uh, putting the pieces together in Denver. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. And we're joined on the set by a guy who knows what it's like to touch that trophy more than once. He is one of the guys who is part of the NFL on Fox pregame show. He is a two-time Super Bowl winning head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and a survivor from Nicaragua on CBS, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. Good to see you. It's good to be here. It's a little bit nippy. I'm not a coach. You're still wearing your top coat. You're still wearing your top coat. My blood is thin. I'm living down in Florida Keys. I'm not That's used right. to this cold weather. Is, is the Lombardi Trophy the hood ornament on the boat? Oh, is that? I, is that? <laughs> I got a couple of those little trinkets in my office, you know, but you know how it is. You know, it, it, no big deal. You're, you're one of 12 coaches to have won multiple Super Bowl rings. Why, why is it so tough to do it again in your estimation Jimmy because the last five defending Super Bowl champs haven't even won a playoff game it's really fascinating I'd love to get your thoughts on that I think the one thing that happens and, and I've had this conversation with Belichick and some of the other guys that come down and fish with me after that first one the expectations are so high you know the fans every time you you even have a close game they're disappointed. They say, well, what's wrong? You know, something's wrong. And I think it affects the players. You know, they start listening to that, and they're thinking, well, maybe something is wrong. The other thing is there's, there's so many demands on the time of the individuals, the players, the coaches. You know, people do books. You know, there's distractions on and on. And the other thing, and, and this is the last thing, and I told my assistant coaches after we won the first Super Bowl, I had my offensive backfield coach, Joe Brodsky, he was just jumping all over this third-team running back. And he, I said, what are you doing? I said, how about Emmett? He said, Emmett knows what to do. You know, and that, you know, I think some of the coaches fall into that trap of, hey, they've been there, they've done it before, and so I'm not going to worry about it. When the, when the bell rings, they'll show up and they'll play good. Well, those veterans, they need to be coached even harder. And I said, hey, I don't want you coaching that guy that's not going to be on the field. Coach Emmett. Coach Emmett, make sure he's getting done what needs to be done. And so, in Belichick, I told Belichick, I said, Belichick, I said, Bill, you've got to be the hammer because those assistant coaches won't be the hammer. You know, they're going to let those veterans slide. He needed to be told that? Well, that, that was <laughs> That's ten, where he gets it from. That's that was <laughs> 10 years ago. You know, right. We've gone through a lot of travel since then. I'm we, sure. We, we talk about the D word, the dynasty thing, and the Steelers have a chance now to have three Super Bowls in just six years. You know, you guys had that dynasty back in the day, in right. your day. And we, we talk about it with Michael Irvin, and he said – he said after that first Super Bowl, Coach Johnson was even tougher. He was crazy. <laughs> right. He was crazy. And, you know, Michael, <laughs> and, and you feel that has to be the case. And with the Steelers, the difference is there's a coaching change. They go from a Bill Cowher to right. a Mike Tomlin. Is he that guy? Is he that hammer at such a young age? I, I'll give you an example of the hammer. The second year, the second Super Bowl, yeah. we'd already clinched the playoffs. Okay. We go up and play Washington. And our guys were sloppy, and we lose a close game. 
we get back on the plate, you know, our players are, hey, we're going to playoffs. We're going to be fine. And so they're hooping and hollering. I go back in the back of the plane. I got one offensive center, a backup. I said, hey, get the smile off your face or I'll cut you tomorrow. And I went back and I sat down in my seat and the, the flight attendant starts serving the meal. I said, no, we ain't serving the meal. I said, put that meal back. They don't deserve to eat. They didn't play well enough to eat. So I canceled the meal. They didn't have any food on that plane. And yeah, so you're I, a lot of fun. I wanted them, to, when we lost, I wanted them to hurt so bad. I wanted to I wanted to make a point. You don't want to do this again. And Troy Aikman says it. He says, when we won, Jimmy, you, Jimmy let you have fun. It could be the most fun time of your life. But when we lost, it was miserable. Okay, Jimmy, that was 1993. Yeah. Did the babies take that now? Yeah, no. Is, is, this is it different now? Oh, 18 years later? Different. Hey, you know what's different? Hmm. They make more money. Yeah. And what else is different? People are people. You have the same expectations. You still have to have respect. You still have to have credibility. You still have to have control. People are people. They, people don't change. Boy, uh, Duke's changes. Canceling a meal. You change, you yeah. lost weight. <laughs> but you canceled a meal on me, I'd be upset. Okay. And, and say, you know, we won. We have the AP awards that are on. Right. Every week we're sponsoring, you know, a different award winner. Understand tomorrow you're going to be named AP Toughest Coach of the Year. <laughs> toughest who, who, Who's tougher? <laughs> you or Mooch? Who, who could handle Survivor better? Oh. Oh. oh hey. hey. Here we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's hands down. Steve's version of Survivor is not eating the apple pan <laughs> after our Sunday shows in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Getting, a, getting one of those hickory burgers that he yeah, loves the, so much. The problem with me on, on Survivor is there's not enough food in the green room over there. <laughs> but you won, you won and you competed at a Nash, at, at, in college, won the national championship and the Super Bowls, and you competed on Survivor. Right. What was that like? Eight days, though, Jimmy. Wow. Huh? Well, and plus we had what? we had four days pregame before that, sleeping on the ground in tents. That sounds like it, a lot of fun to me. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever done, and it, I, I dealt with the food. I lost 18 pounds in a week and a half. Wow. You know, having 200 calories of food a day. 200 calories of food a day. 200 calories? Yes, that's why I lost 18 I'm pounds. grilled lizard. Why that? But why, grilled lizard? Why'd you do it? You, see, yeah. you watched it and you enjoyed it? And the, you... the adventure. I mean, doing something different. I love the show. I wanted to, I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to give it a try. The, the biggest thing for me, though, was not getting any sleep. Really? I mean, at my age, I got to get my sleep. And it was so cold at night, we were spooning with, with, with each other. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to stay warm. Three-dog night. Oh, and you get up every hour, get by the fire. You're soaking wet. You don't have a change of clothes. And bugs, you know, you don't even slap the bugs anymore. You, you just go so accustomed to them. You might eat a few of them, but you ain't going to slap them. You know, no, it was tough. Jimmy, That's good it. to see you. Good to see That's you. Enjoy, to enjoy Super Bowl weekend here in North Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming, so enjoy the enjoy the time here. We'll have Fox. a ball. It'll be a great ball game. I bet. I bet. That's Jimmy Johnson, two-time Super Bowl winning champion <laughs> of the Dallas Cowboys. Good. Now Our the NFL on Fox. Welcome to the set. A man who has called six, count them, six Gosh, Super really? Bowls. Wow. You're getting old. Super Bowl 21 MVP. I don't <laughs> the lead analyst of the NFL on CBS. Also here, as always, Super Bowl week to dole out the FedEx Aaron Ground Player of the Year awards. Phil Sims, good to see you, Phil. Good to see you, Rich. Good to see you, Coach. All right. Jamie, nice to see you, good too. See you. That's right. I mean, look at me and Jamie. 
Well, you know, he's looking sharp. Huh? I like it. And and is that uh, is that one of Nance's sweater vests? Where'd you? Is that? I don't wear a, a sweater. It's a real Nance sweater. Collection? What is that? It's a sweater. Ah. It's really like cutting edge. So don't make fun of my sweater. <laughs> it's needed it today. Right? I like it. You're rocking it. I'm thing. freezing. Color coordinate. It's great. It's still cold from yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, at least the quarterbacks can warm things up here. How'd you like that segue? Like that that was really good. Uh, Rogers and Roethlisberger. I'd love to ask you the Big Ben question that everyone's asking all week. Where does he rank as a quarterback all time with the two potentially third ring coming up here? Boy, you know, that the all-time thing is hard. You know, you know, I think everybody always says, well, how many Super Bowls you win? That's where we're going to rank you. Uh, you know, look, I, I think when it's all said and done, if you said, okay, he wins his third one this year, where would I put him? I'd still probably have a hard time ranking him, like, super high. Because when I rank them, I don't think about their Super Bowl trophies. If John Elway never won a Super Bowl. What do you Super think Bowl, about? How good they were. You know, they can't do it all. Style points? Don't you think sometimes John Elway took the Denver Broncos to the Super Bowl when they probably weren't a Super Bowl team? Yeah. That defense is bad as they were. No, I mean, I just. But, but, but think about, but here's what I think about with Ben. When you, when you look at the degree of difficulty, I mean, when you were playing, that line was pretty dang good. You yes. had some big boys, you had great running games. Yes. Receivers, not so much. But, but the point being is that his degree of difficulty, that line in upheaval, being able to keep plays like his style. A lot of yes. people don't agree with that style, but it works for him. I love that style. There, yeah, there's no way they win that Super Bowl without him. And yes, the defense no was great. And so when I look at it, he does whatever it takes. He doesn't have those style points. No, that's, that's a good. That's a good argument. Listen, I'm not. I'm just saying I won't rank him number one or whatever. You know, Ben Roethlisberger takes his greatest asset and really uses it. He's big. Yeah. You know, and I, I swear to you, when he came out of college, the first thing I said about him is, you know, he's big and he's going to play big in the NFL. Yeah. And you know, it's, he's actually been, it's even more than I thought. But he takes it. He never flinches. Guys are coming at him. He's still calm. Hit me, moves. It, it, it's a style that I haven't seen in a long, long time. I don't know if we'll see it in a long time because yeah. you can't hold up against it. Yeah, that's right. And he takes the punishment very well, too. It's a good, very good point. We'll talk about the other guy. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. What do you like about him? First, first time Super Bowl. He's 27 years old. He's ready to do this. He's the hot guy. Everybody's, you know, jumping on the bandwagon because he's playing so well right now. Different kind of quarterback or so, similar? Yeah, totally different. Yeah, totally different. You know, different style. The throwing and everything about him is, I think, different than Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's fluid, long, really can throw it. Aaron Rodgers can flick it when he needs to. He can do anything he wants with the football. Uh, I, I think arguably the most talented thrower in the game right now. And somebody said to me before the year. Well, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady is oh, yeah. the thrower. Huh? Oh, yes, I, I do. Oh, I, I mean, agree too. the guy is truly gifted throwing the ball. He can make all the – he can stand there and flick it with his wrist. He can throw it here. He can – I'm impressed. But I saw all that years ago, and now it's just coming out. Now we're just seeing it every week almost when we watch him play. Some, something got lost yesterday in the conversation. He mentioned nerves and settling down. You were in that situation, first Super Bowl. I mean, how bad are the nerves? It's different being a tackle or right. a guard. You're a little nervous. But the whole show was on your back. Well, listen, I got in that huddle after a few plays. It's the first answer to this. And I've looked at everybody in the huddle, and every one of my offensive linemen was going, 
We're choking to death. And I remember going up and getting under the center and looking down and all the Denver defensive linemen were heaving. And, and they were just, I go, oh, man, well, they're choking too. So that made me feel better. But here's, I, I'm a big reader when I was a player. I follow the game. And I remember reading all the quarterbacks have been in the game going, I didn't settle down till almost halftime. Well, and I just said, there is no way I'm going to go to the Super Bowl and do Phil, that. Wait well, a minute. Wait a minute. So, you, so you did not have No. That. I ran on the field, and I have to give Bill Parcells a lot of credit for it. We talked around. about it all week. Don't you be afraid. You go out there and you go. And you just, you know, don't be worried about making mistakes. Just let it go. Don't be afraid. To, and his big phrase was, don't be afraid yeah. to go down in flames. Don't be so humble here because you have the best performance in the Super Bowl. 22 of 25 people. Only had three incomplete passes. You must have felt pretty, pretty confident in that Well, game. two of them were dropped, but I'm not Okay, there you go. Who's counting? But who's counting? You know, it was, hey, look, it, I didn't realize it. You know, I used to think, wow, everybody was wide open. I went back and watched the game a couple years ago. Hey, you played pretty well. They weren't quite that open as much as I remember them. <laughs> no. But it was a great day, and it yeah. worked out well. As we mentioned at the top of our conversations, you're here to hand out some candy, as you always do for FedEx uh, later on this week. The FedEx Air and Ground Award winners for the year. Here are your rushing nominees. There you go. Uh, Jamal Charles, Arian Foster, Michael Turner. You have two one-and-done teams in the playoffs in the running backs, and Arian Foster from right here in the state of Texas, getting it done for the Houston Texans. And uh, a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Tom Brady. You've got a Super Bowl quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and Philip Rivers, who lit Body. it up for the San Diego Chargers. It's not even fair. You want to handicap it? Who do you take? Hey, every year I'm pretty good at handicapping it because I just because it's all the fans do all the voting. Yes. So I'm just going to say, you think those Green Bay fans are loyal? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. What do you think? I, think I mean, well, they, they tear these things up I when their guys are in it. They point and click the mouse. And uh, in that respect, I know you, you came on my podcast and said something similar about the, the Kansas City Chiefs fans. So you think Jamal Charles? Just I think the pop- Kansas City Chiefs, that team is the city. So that's why I think th- that would be my two favorites. Jamal Charles and... And Aaron Rodgers. I, I have one more before you leave. Don't leave yet. I got a question for you. You hosted that Miss Universe pageant, right? Yes, in I did. 2002. Well, okay. You got to give me some advice. I'm a little nervous because we have Brooklyn Decker and Marissa Miller coming on the set. So give me some advice. Let, let me handle this. Huh? Steve, just let it fly. Let it fly? Just let it fly. <laughs> Come on. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Just get out there, Steve. Let it go. Let it fly. And if any problems... Leave it to me. Oh, that was a Lombardi-ism. Is Lombardi-ism. he making fun of me? How about that? Yeah, Were you making fun of me? No, I'm not. I, yeah, I'm just was. saying that, it, just that sound advice is portable you know in, in many situations, whether it's the, the Super same Bowl thing. I did that Miss Universe right. pageant, yeah. and Daisy Fuentes was doing it with me. Yeah. Were and you a nervous wreck? Not at all. Yeah? I just go, well, let's, here we go. What let are we going to do? I, didn't, I did not right worry here, about it. Just let it fly. I almost stepped on Miss... I forgot Miss Russia's gown. She walked by me and I stepped on the back of it. Comrade, <laughs> what um, are you doing? Oh, hey, that's good advice. It was this close yeah, to almost disaster. Started, almost started another Cold War. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, nobody, very few of them could speak English, and they, they just go, they nodded. Yeah, okay, good to see you. Yeah, good luck. Go Giants. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, go Giants. Good to see you, Phil. Go Big Blue. Rich, thank you. You bet. On our set, getting set to make her big screen debut in the movie Just Go With It. Brooklyn Decker here on NFL 
Network. Good to see you, Brooklyn. Thank you for having me. Good it's a pleasure. You. Are you kidding me? You could crash this set anytime. Well, thank you. Anytime you, you darn well please. So it is your first ever big screen feature film, and yes. you dove right into the deep end of the pool yes. with Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, and Nicole Kidman, for crying out loud. Terrifying, right? How was that experience for you? Terrifying, really. I was scared, scared to, to pieces every day on set. No, I, I the first time I met them was, was shaking and, uh, you know, was, was so scared because I respect them so much. They're just amazing in comedy, but uh, they really took me under their wing. It was a really fun shoot. We shot in Hawaii. To right. call it work feels like a crime. Uh, yeah, tough gig. I know. Three months. Three months in yeah, Hawaii. Rough. In Hawaii with Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. I know. Really tough yeah. life. So you're I supposed know. to be a football fan, right? I am she a football is. fan. So I'm we're going to find out what kind what of football fan. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm not Carolina Panthers? <laughs> yes. Okay, they're not playing right now, but... <laughs> I and a Tar Heel. I, I'm You're well a Tar aware. Heel. And a Tar Heel fan. Basketball, yeah. College yeah. Basketball. You like their coaching hire, Ron Rivera? I do. He kind of intimidates me a little bit. Like his first he press does. conference, I was sort of scared. It's sort of kind of the opposite of John Fox, you know, but I Why think maybe that's what right? we need. I personally love John Fox, and from people I hear, he's just the, the nicest person. Uh, but I think Ron Rivera will be great. I mean, he's, he's a great defensive coordinator, was a great defensive coordinator. So hopefully we'll bring it home for the fans. Now, now and see. hang on. Brooklyn. Yes. From... Charlotte. Weird, right? How? Born yeah. in Ohio, too. Born in Ohio. Right. Look at you. Yeah. And she didn't go Named to Michigan. Named after a horse. My dad's a Michigan fan, though. There you oh, go. Oh, jeez. See? A tense household. It's Beauty a very, and brains. It's a very tense <laughs> household. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I am a, uh, I was named after a horse, of all things. Very unglamorous. A horse <laughs> called Brooke. And I some, yeah, everyone thinks it's fake, but it's my name. I live in Brooklyn. It could have been Secretariat, so that's okay. That's true. It could have been Secretariat. That would have been, yeah, that would have been better. Okay, let's get personal here a little bit, Rich. Oh, You know, you've got this career, and it's an international career, really, and your husband, Mm -hmm. Andy Roddick, he's all over the map as well. How do you have, how do you balance your personal life with your professional life? And is he here at the Super Bowl? Do you see him? We, well, I'll tell you how it happens. He comes to set in Hawaii with me, and we come to the Super Bowl together. So it's actually quite fun. Doesn't that sound like a fun going to see each other in these fun places? No, I mean, it's a lot of traveling. You know, I think there are a lot of sports. A lot of things revolve around sports in our household. Lots of tennis tournaments. Like, for example, the Super Bowl here. Uh-huh. So uh, lots of traveling. But I think when you're in your 20s, that's kind of the fun That's what you're supposed to, to be doing, yeah. of course. Especially yeah. the world, you know, international Absolutely. jet set. Yeah. Uh, I know Andy's a big fantasy football no. He is. Uh, he how, is. Did, how did his fantasy teams do? Because I'm sure he, he did well. He did well. I think he got third in his league. I actually got kicked out of our league Why? because Why? I. Um, well, I thought it'd be funny if the team came, if my dog, who I love, sort of took control over the team. So I made it basically her team, and that was unacceptable. Oh, I was not taking it seriously Earth? enough. Yeah. So he, she was picking no, the lineups. That was she was picking the lineups. So your and that dog unex- drafted a, a well, team. Well, it was me, but okay. I drafted like the team. But I kind of made her take control of, of the league, and he was very offended because I need to be taking my fantasy sports seriously. So I got kicked out. Booted. My husband kicked me out of our family league. Well, if you ever need any advice, you give me a call. But anyway, Thank he's or call. Him. He's yeah. on what three teams? Are you are you okay? I'm all right. Are you all right? I'm, I'm nervous. Anyway, aren't you on three fantasy teams, Rich? I have th- I do have three I fantasy teams. I do. How do you keep up? Oh, that's I, I, right. But one was this is what I do. This is what I do for a living. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm out of my sports. scope here. I know. You know what I mean? It's 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 something that. Uh, I'm, I, but I'm I I didn't win any of them though. Really? Yeah. It's, 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 you gave yourself three shots. You didn't even. Well, what I should have done. Here's what I should have done. What does that say should, about you? I, yeah, it does. It does mm-hmm. open a window. It's a deeper <laughs> yeah. meaning situation. Right. I know. Uh, I should have let my dog, Hudson, the rescue dog, should have been the guy you? picking my team. It's Loves fun. his dog too. That's right. Beautiful it's, dog. Yeah, it's but fun. you know what though? Hmm. As great as the career is going right now, you have not arrived. And I'm in the schedule now. 
till you hit the Rich Eisen podcast. Oh, yeah. Then. Oh, geez. Then. Good. You will have arrived. I know the crowning achievement of anybody's career. It really is, yeah. Brooklyn. Can I take you up on that? Please do. Good. Please okay. do. See, okay. there, Rich. Absolutely. I said that up. Look Please at that. do. Thank you. You know, and we also forgot one other person who's in this movie, Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. DP. I love Dan Patrick. He is, he's like, uh, what all is he doing in this like, movie anyway? He, he does all, Adam Sandler puts him in all of his movies. Yeah, he does. You, was, know, you know what he did in this movie? What did he do? Okay, so he gets paid, I, th- I think, I'm sure, to come to Hawaii for a week. Yeah. And he was basically, there, there's a there's a, a, a hula scene between Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Anderson where they're wearing coconut bras and not much else. Oh, my. And he You're was kidding. like the moderator over the coconut hula off. How did he get this job? Well, again, How did, I think Dan was just probably channeling his, his inner game show host. He, he was and great. I'm sure he does. I mean, Dan. He's great. Dan Nelson. No, he's so I'm much sure fun. he milked it for three months, he's too. So Actually, fun. Dan, I, I worked with Dan. I did one of my first sports centers with Dan years yeah. ago. He taught me how to name drop. Did he? Yes, he did. Can you give me an example? Absolutely. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll drop uh, the fact that uh, Brooklyn Decker is here on NFL Network now. Do, you can do better than that. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Uh, okay. Later on, we're going to have uh, Marissa Miller will be here as oh, well. I love Marissa. And also John Elway, and all of them will be on my podcast. I don't know if uh, can, you're aware. If she can make it on the podcast? Done. Have your people call his people. Please. Lock it in. Yeah, cross your fingers. Yeah. Uh, yes, is there a reason you are coming up your wedding you ring? No, 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 no. But, uh, the, the funny thing is, uh, Steve, Steve hasn't listened to a single word you've said since you've come on the set. <sighs> Stop. All right. I just want to know who you're picking for this game, Brooklyn. I'm picking the Packers. You're picking the Packers. I'm picking the Packers. I like it. Thank you. Thanks for coming Thank here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate that. that that's Brooklyn Decker in the film. Just go with it. Hitting February 11th, there is Brooklyn Decker and Mariucci right there. Uh, Gail is on line one right now. Wake up! Could you wake up! Beat red. I am loving this. This is fantastic. Brooklyn Decker right here on NFL. Is that makeup? Did they change his makeup? I don't know. Look, you're sweating underneath his eye or something. All right, let's go to break. Good to see you, Brooklyn. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I've seen Steve Mariucci disappointed before. The last time I saw him this disappointed was when Brett Favre decided to retire. Yes. And what I'm referring to is when Marissa Miller, it appeared she might not come on NFL Total Access Live in the Super Bowl. But look who is here in person. He's here, Rich. In the flesh. Hey, there was a Marissa lot of Miller. snow outside. No, it was I get hard it. Get no, here. Oh, it, it, listen, we, we understand. The bottom line is it's happened. We could not be more thrilled to have you here live on NFL Network right now. And you are in town not only because you're a big football fan. I know you traveled to the London game, for crying out loud, this yeah. year. Uh, you're in town for the NFL Pepsi Super Bowl Fan Jam that's starting tomorrow night. Duran Duran, Kid Rock, all sorts of interesting aspects. And we appreciate you coming on the program. Thank you for having me. Steve, you want the first question? I would love the first question. <laughs> Forget about football for a minute, okay? <laughs> okay. This girl boxes in volleyball. You're an athlete, right? Yes. Surfer. Yes. Sir, yeah. You're from Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. We're neighbors, Rich. I'm from Los Gatos right <laughs> over the are. hill. That's I right. I love Los what, Gatos. What's your favorite surf spot? Over um, there, the hook? The I, li- hook? I like Four Mile. Do you like that? Uh, four Mile's great. Steamers Lane? The lane's awesome. My parents actually met at Privates, which is just down from the hook. Okay. So Pleasure yeah. Point, that's where Pleasure my family Point. lives. Yeah. A little dangerous over there. No, it's great. Huh? It's, it's great. great. She still surfs, Rich. That's pretty good. Few, a few sharks, but it's okay. You ever see a shark? Should no, just... I've seen dolphins, and it's pretty scary when you see a shadow under your board. Is Jamie yeah. leaving? Is everybody leaving? <laughs> oh, this is just us. Okay, so you're a Bay Area gal, right? 
Raider fan, 49er fan. Oh, 49er, this is awesome. 49er all the way. Um, 49er. Yeah. You better believe it. Who's your favorite coach? Who's your favorite 49er coach of all time? Bill Walsh. <laughs> okay, who's your second favorite coach? George Seifert. Who's your <laughs> Who's your third is favorite there, coach? Is there a writer? Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marissa, what was it like going to London? I know that you've, you've, you've had a lot of... Uh, connection with the National Football League. You've been yeah. a spokesperson for the NFL on, on many levels. Uh, the London game being one of them. What was that experience like for you? You know, it was, I didn't know what to expect going overseas, uh, how many fans there would be internationally. And right. it was really amazing because all, it was like a mini Super Bowl. There was events all week, a pep rally. I got to meet Jerry Rice, who is my hero. So that was awesome. And then on game day, all the fans wore jerseys from every team. So it wasn't just the Broncos and the Niners. It was like there was a lot of support and it was really cool to see. Right. And and uh, now you're here at the at the Super Bowl. Do you have uh, a tee? I, I know you just mentioned the, the 49ers. Which team do you think uh, is going to have know, the best week here in Dallas? I've been to six Super Bowls. And the whole week is exciting. A lot of great events going on. Right. But this week, Sunday, is what I'm most excited about because these are two teams that have such a great history in the NFL. And the Steelers, I mean, they've won more games than any other team in the league. Right. So, you know, and Ben, he's going to be going for number three. So it's going to be an all-out war. Are you for them, or are you thinking? My heart's with Green Bay. Yeah? Yeah, Why I like that? the underdog. Yeah. I like that they're new, and, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I've been watching Green Bay, and to see them be the wild card team and make it this far, it's just, it's awesome. Well, here, uh, Steve wanted research to show you this right there in the in the guide uh, of the San Francisco 49ers page. Here, here you go there, Ed. You could see, highlighted as a head coach, Steve Mariucci. He actually did coach the San Francisco 49ers. She knew that, Rich. You no, just I pulling your leg. Oh, no, is that right, Steve? I just want to make sure that you're okay. There you go. There's the well, I want you to read too, this before that you leave. That would have been too obvious. <laughs> well. Well, this is. Been... Uh, you know. <laughs> That's it. Not going surfing over there at Santa Cruz. <laughs> well, uh, Steve, this has been uh, this has been a dream day for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, your Miller. neighbor. Take a look earlier. We earlier, are neighbors. Earlier on the program. Earlier on the program. Uh, the most uh, recent uh, swimsuit cover uh, model of Sports Illustrated. Here's there's there. Brooklyn Decker. You see this look right here? there. That's Steve and Brooklyn Decker oh. earlier on. Oh, so I see. This is what he does. He has all the SI girls on. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Coach. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay. All right. Uh, it's good to see you, Marissa. Great to see Thank you so you guys. much. Marissa Thank Miller you. is here. Buddy. Welcome, Jay Moore, everybody. Good, good, good to see you, Jay. You? Soon to be Hall of Famer, Marshall Ford. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. My the man. playmaker right here. Marshall, you guys are all in the nicest suits. You look like you pulled me off the set of South Park. <laughs> I, I like I'm like it. in a T-shirt and a waffle shirt. <laughs> a waffle shirt? Yeah, waffle. You look good. Okay. I feel good. You're looking good. I feel good. I love when you sit in for Rome. Do you enjoy that? That's fun. You have a good I love time it. You get to talk Rome. to like 4 million people. They call you up. You know, in these days with the Internet, you get your Twitter rolling. 
you got your message boards, and it really is just a right. very fast way for people to tell you you suck. Right. You <laughs> just Twitter. open the door. It's never positive. Nothing good happens from Twitter. Yeah, that's the anti-social like media. Like and all right. these guys, and like that kid Dontrell Lockett from Ole Miss got like everybody gets in trouble on Twitter. Like. It goes out live forever. I know. And, and then as soon sad. as you got a Twitter account, they just find you on Twitter and go, you're horrible. You're going bald. You look fat. Why do you stink? Why does your career stink? And you're like, this is why I opened a Twitter. I thought I was going to sell some tickets to a comedy club. So you're not on Twitter? Jmore 37 There you go. <laughs> Give me some followers. I've been working out, man. You have been working out. I've been pumping. It. Come on. Why, why, why is it when I'm I touch like you? I feel like Barber. As soon as I touch you, you started bowing up. Because I'm, you intimidate me, man. Did you hear who he picked to look like? I look like Rondé Barber. I know. No, I said, I'm built like Rondé Barber. Oh, okay. See, Marshall's a tough audience. When oh, I was yeah. doing Media Day, I was trying, when you were on the Rams, I was trying to make you laugh so hard, and you straight-faced me the entire time, and Jim Rome played the clip over and over and over, and it was just me going, just because you don't get it doesn't mean it's not funny. <laughs> And then just now, Playmaker's my witness. I'm talking yep, to Marshall. Yep. He's typing on his phone, and he's talking to somebody on his IFB. So I start talking to Mike. And then I come back, and he mad dogs me. He goes, how come you don't talk to me, he man? Did. How come you don't talk to Mike? <laughs> he did. He did. I can't win with you, man. Marshall, Marshall is, as you pointed out, will be a Hall of Fame player by the end of the week. But he's already in the straight face Hall of Fame. Nobody can straight face anybody. you got a game face. Like Marshall Falk. You get funny. Do you, Thank you, Barry. All right. Do you remember that? When you're on TV, I laugh at you. At me. I don't yes. care. Let me tell you something. They always say, no, that's all right. I'm going to let you slide on that one. Because I remember what I said on Media Day. I said, you look like one of, I said you look like one of the Cosby kids. There it is. Oh, no wonder he straight-faced you. Come on. What? Where did, come, where did that come from? Because he kept straight-facing right. me. I'm like, maybe if I just he, annoy he, him, he, he'll look. You're trying to get it. You did you, do you remember this? Yes. Did you feel? I Rudy. Did you? Rudy. Did, did, did you? Rudy. Yeah. All right. Rudy Huxtable them. Yes. So yes. did you Did you straight-face him? Did you deep down inside say, this I guy's I saw funny. through him. Rich, he straight-faces me now. Look at him. He's looking at Mike. I'm looking at you now. You should have been a I'm middle linebacker, man. I'm waiting for you to make man. me laugh. Oh, you just laughed. Tell a joke. No, tell a joke. You know the Dude. one-armed fisherman? No. He caught a fish this big. Now, that's stupid. <laughs> I know I that's stupid. I said make me laugh. Well, run for a touchdown. Spike the ball for me. I'm retired. All right, well, I'm retired. Right, reti you know what? Don't I just say that on air. I'm retired. Yep. Why? Everybody else does. They come back 50 times. Charlie Sheen's in rehab making $2 million a week. I'm Catholic. I love God. I'm sober. My show gets canceled. I've been going about it all wrong. I'm supposed to smoke meth and punch my wife in the face. I'd be being a billionaire by now. All you got to right, go to Charlie Sheen route. Can we talk some football? As, as, as Jackie Slater would say, can we please talk some football? Yeah, let's talk some football. Let's talk some football. Yeah, there you go. He's uh, all right, yeah. Let's let's talk talk some like That's a good thing. Let's talk some football. Who do you like in the Super Bowl, Jay? I'm taking the way under. I'm going Steelers 3-0. The way under. Wow. Why are you so serious, man? He's like a middle linebacker. Did Jackie Slater, did you, did you just go best damn sports show history? Can we please get some quiet on the set? Is that what he would say? Put the rubber to the road. Is that what he would say all the time? Yeah, he's got that cool, like, 1982 fro. He's sticking with it. The Jim Hill. <laughs> the Jim Hill. <laughs> How about, you know what's funny? When you do mixed race comedy, the white guy always looks to see if the black guys are laughing. Because <laughs> I said the Jim Hill fro. Rich Eisen goes like this. Real real subtle. Rich tosses one over to Mike, and then over. Oh, and, then, and then he no. sees you guys laughing, and Rich goes, yeah. That's a good, now that's funny. That was a good, now nah, nah, that's funny. Oh, now that's funny. Come on, Matt Lauer, join wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 
He's laughing. Man. That was funny. That was funny. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was good man. Good to see you, Jake. Thank you, guys. That's My Jay favorite Mark. network. He's one of New Jersey's finest right here in the heart of Texas. A two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys joining us here in the media center in Dallas, Texas. Good to see you, Miles Austin. Good Glad to see to be you. Here. Glad to be here. Surrounded by greatness. Oh, yes. I pr- listen, I, 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 I blush when you started. talk about Jim Moore about that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Me that means easy on the Dallas Cowboy question. I think that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what that hey, is. Of, of all those clips, the thing I was most impressed about is after you get hung out to dry by Romo and you get your ribs blown up, <laughs> you come back to the sideline and you're like, you know what? We just can't have those mistakes like that. There's a lot of guys that would have come to the sideline and be like, you got to see that corner fall off on the outside and you can't leave me hanging. So that was a good job. Way to keep your quarterback in good graces. I know how that handles, you know? So you handle that well. You got to manage situations. (laughs) What do you uh, now, with the hindsight of of a couple of weeks, think was the issue with the Dallas Cowboys this year, Miles Austin? Uh, turnovers. Turnovers, really. I mean, uh, the first first eight games, we were minus nine in turnovers, and uh, we were one and seven. In the last eight games, we were plus nine, and we were five and three. So that just tells you how much turnovers can affect, uh, you know, wins and losses in the NFL. So let me ask you this. So, so what happened that, okay, Wade goes out, then the offense comes to life? How, how does that kind of work? Well, I mean, was it just simultaneous dumb luck? Because it was really kind of eerie that all of a sudden this offense takes to life after the coach gets fired, who is the defensive coordinator. What yeah. you, what, wait, wait what, what's between those lines? I was going to say, well, I'm asking, the, I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. See, that's why you go right to the source. Maybe he okay. knows because I can't figure all it out. I, I mean, I really, don't, I really don't know either. I mean, uh, when, when Coach Garrett came in, he said, listen, this is what uh, the players should expect from the coaches. This is what the coaches should expect from the players. And uh, this is how we're going to practice on Wednesdays. This is how we're going to practice on Thursdays. So we kind of just set the tone of, of how we are supposed to be. And, uh, you know, guys just started following suit. And, uh, you know, we started turning the ball over less and creating more turnovers on defense. What do you think it is, Jamie? No, I, I don't <laughs> what know. Do you think I, it, it, was, it was astonishing to me to see how the offense, you know, was so sporadic, you know, while the other guy was at coach. And then all of a sudden the, then the, the offense coordinator takes over. Boy, we're running the ball. We got I, I balance. Any, anytime, I mean, it's great. And I'm, we're doing this with my backup. Anytime you make a coaching change, this is my opinion. Right. You you fire the head coach, all right. The onus goes directly on the players because they know they're next, and they're being evaluated. And the name on the back of their jersey is being evaluated every single. There's nobody to, to shove, shove it off on. You know, Wade's gone. Okay, Wade was the brunt of all of the criticism, and then now he's gone. What's well, got to go somewhere? The only place you can go next is to the players, and I think players respond to that. I think they always do. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. We did, and, uh, you know, we stepped up. We started playing well, and, and turnovers, like I said. Yeah. yeah it's, it started off with the Giants, you know, we played them, played a great game, and uh, every game after that, we were still in. You know, there were a couple games we lost, you know, at the, at the last eight games of the year, but we were in every game, and we were fighting hard, and we were playing hard as a team, so hopefully we can just carry that momentum uh, into next year. Well, the thing I want to know is not so much the X's and O's, like what Jamie's talking about with the offense and, and with defensive personnel and turnovers. What changed as far as the atmosphere? Did Jason come in and say, okay, we're going to structure meetings differently, we're going to structure walkthroughs, the amount of time you spend in the building, how we study, how we practice. Did all of that change, or, or what actually happened when that transition? Because that's hard to do in midseason. Yeah, it is. But if you're going to get the team to buy into your system, you've got to make an impact. So what was it that changed? Uh, he, he did exactly that. He just changed it up. He was like, listen, this is the time meetings are going to start. If you're late for meetings, you're going to get fined. 
So, uh, and was Wade more relaxed with that? Uh, you know, you still would have got fine if you would have got. But uh, things definitely felt a little tighter. Right. Uh, in, a, in a good way, though. I mean, you know, we were. It wasn't working for us, you know, before. So uh, when Jerry has to make decisions, he has. And as players, you know. You know, we just have to keep playing, and we have to just keep plugging away. So Jason's changed the whole structure, really, of how your day-to-day. That's what people don't understand changed is the day-to-day, yes. what goes on with the team. Players you know, like routine. Some guys get in and out. Some coaching staffs get in and out. Some are grinders, and you're there all day. It's just yeah. so he changed all that he up. He gets just in to and out, to... but you're working hard once you're right. in there. You know, yeah, we, we, we work hard in practice. You know exactly how many plays you're going to do. If it's not right, we're going to do it over. So he uh, kind of takes that, that approach, and uh, it seemed to be working, and hopefully it continue to work for us. So, Later on, Jason Witten's going to join the program. So maybe then, Jamie, you can get him to say that Jason Garrett sabotaged. I did not coach. say maybe that. Maybe you can get Jay- Jason Witten to say Miles that. Miles comes on here. You got, you're throwing all these maybe, tough questions. I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Maybe that Troy, can happen later. Polamalu, I just asked a question. He has a hair deal. I see Clay Matthews has a hair deal. If you guys get to the Super Bowl with that smile, we're looking at Colgate or Crest. We can get a deal with, with we that. Gotta call, we got to call him up. We got to call him up. Arm and hammer. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not going to. I, I think I'm not the gonna, hairline uh, might get well, in the way a little bit. So I'm thinking more like Gillette because I think it's starting to thin out like Rich and mine. Then we Maybe let's go with the Gillette. Yeah. I think the mop's fine. They just started up a yeah. little uh, you go. program. Clean-shaven yeah. guy like that, good-looking hey, guy. Try, try and I didn't even talk about, you know, what? the distraction piece of that, you know, with, you know, Kim Kardashian? No. I didn't say that. See, I, did. I didn't say that. See, now, they, <laughs> now why'd you say that, Coach? Oh, come on, the guy is just, look at he's a handsome guy. He's a good-looking guy. You let him set you up with that, that, that question, so. <laughs> but how has that, that changed for you, though? Because not only did you become a more prominent role you got the contract everybody knows you from a football standpoint but now all of a sudden on the other side of things with paparazzi and all that stuff following you that's got to change your lifestyle as well uh no, really not that much no? i mean i, I kind of just uh, i kind of been doing the same thing I, I'm, a, I'm a really a homebody type guy right. anyway so i'm at the house oh yeah but they're coming I, out yeah you're at the house and then there's nine guys peeking out trees, right? i live <laughs> in the same town i mean i'm, I'm living in a ducked out townhouse you know in uptown so it's the same one i've been in so don't tell uh, people where you live yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Something up. <laughs> but either way, it's, the thing is, it's hard to get there. It's really, uh, it's a really ducked off place. So yeah, I'm at, I'm at the house pretty much all but day. But see, now you put the challenge out there. Right. Now you're telling me how hard it is to get there. Now the challenge has been laid. But see, he's proved positive that you know, there's an old saying, everything that glitters is not gold. I think he can attest to that. Let's well, move on. Let's well, go. no, no, I'll tell you, it's it's great to what what you've made yourself. You took an opportunity last year, and you clearly have run with it. Um, and and it's it's just been great to see, uh, and we're glad to have you here, not just to give us in, some insights on the Dallas Cowboys, but it was just a, an hour ago. Jamie asked me, "Is there a cotton that dries five times faster than <laughs> that's ordinary cotton?" That's exactly what I'm saying. And sure enough, look who's here talking about Under Armour charged cotton. Yeah, but wow, the face of charged is. cotton right here. Miles Austin. You heard it first what? right here. It, it drives five times. It feels awesome. I wanted to get four shirts out here, but I promise I'm going to get everyone's address. Oh, I'll yeah. send you guys packages. Yeah. Where's we'll the get it all set up right, for the go. kids that's and everything. Right. Yeah, It drives five times faster. Because it the feels reason awesome, too. Because the reason that's important, seriously, though, we all travel on the road. We go to these hotels. I work out in Under yeah. Armour gear. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing about it, I gotta, I'm got. i going to be transparent. <laughs> I have to wash my clothes in the sink. Uh-huh. So if you got clothes that dry overnight, you can work out Sometimes you need to sleep and stuff like this, too. Like I had to do here. You're going to mention that. I did sleep in my own Because my no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> we, we learned a whole lot of information about Jamie just in these last couple seconds. So that's what you're, you're, you've hooked up with Under Armour about this new stuff. And people could just go to Under Armour, to go pick this stuff up. Yeah, pick it up. And, yeah, it feels great. And, 
dry stock times faster. So anytime you're getting some workouts in, it's uh, it's always a plus. I, like I think he's going, when he calls us, he's going to say, look, go to underarmor.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to do. I'm going to no, call you guys. I promise you, I got him right, right back on the phone. Yeah. 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 Now they have no choice but to agree to it. Like, all right, we got him set up. And they they they're all over the combine for us, so maybe we can get some of that stuff with the combine. For your 40 time this year. My 40, yes. Maybe instead of running a 40 in a suit. I don't care if it's cotton drying or anything. Uh, I'll take it. Funny. Miles, good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for having me on, guys. Miles Austin, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He is what the National Football League needs more of, yep. which is entertainers. And ball. you got a ball before you can be an entertainer. No doubt. And uh, this man does both. Two-time Pro Bowler from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Maurice Jones-Drew. Good to see you, Maurice Jones-Drew. Good to Jones see you guys Drew. as well. So what, what do we have on today? Who, nice. who, who are you wearing today? Uh, Elevay. Oh. You know, so it's a nice tailored suit. I was still looking for Prada, but you we know, have if, to work on that. If That's we our deal. keep mentioning it, we're, we're going to break through one day so? with the Prada people. I well, hope so. You should hear him at watching the games. Uh, 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 you know, because we watch all the games uh-huh. on NFL Network. Mike, Dion, Sap, all of us are watching the game. <laughs> if you don't score and give him the Rich Eisen, he's hot with you. I just want you to know. I, I know. It's, it's a personal thing. It's, I, I, it's a business decision right now. It can't be more personal <laughs> than, than that. I mean, you came on my podcast, middle of the season, Maurice, and we agreed that you would do a touchdown celebration the next game the very next chance you would have uh the next week you were not so fortunate to get in the end zone week after that you're taking on the cleveland browns you take a screen pass as far as you could possibly take it without scoring right you're on the one yard line you get in nothing no i love. was nothing. pretty i was pretty tired after tired. that yeah <laughs> you know I apologize. No, no, I apologize. Listen, no, you and I are always going. You know that was wrong. That I mean, was you know wrong that. for me to do that. But you should hear him screaming. <laughs> He's, and he stands uh, up. Where is it? Where is it? That is true. <laughs> this is He's one of my wrong. biggest fans, and I'm a big fan of Rich. So hopefully we can. No, we can move past it. We, no, no, we no, no, won't. Actually, we won't move past it. Yeah. No, but until uh, you do it, right, I just, right. I just feel that you will. Again, that what we decided, you and I, was the. Do you remember we called it the Randy Moss? Right, and it'll be done. Which is at the time where you hold out your your hand as if you're asking a question, and then you come around the other side of the microphone and answer it because he was only answering questions that he was asking of himself at that right. point in time. Right. We call it the Randy Moss. I'll I thought it would sure be. I thought it would be great. I'll make sure it's done. <laughs> Trust me. You're on live television now. Like I mean, we did the, for the shopping cart? You did that. It'll be done again. Fantastic. Do you have, a, you have a, a, maybe a cutler? You want to put together oh. like a little, like a, I, <laughs> no? It's whatever you guys want to, you are know. You, are you, let's just quickly get into that. Uh, uh, are, do, do you regret sending that, that tweet that you send out on, on? Well, I actually don't regret it. I think Twitter is a way for fans to kind of get involved with the players. And that's how I was feeling at that time. Everybody wants to hear the truth about how players watch the game and, and uh, how they feel and what they're thinking, and, and that's what happened. And I think uh, the backlash was a little out of control and how, you know, it reached everyone and it went everywhere else. But when you see guys tweet about, you know, doing camps and certain things, it doesn't go that far. So uh, I think the one thing that you could say I regretted was, you know, the, the stuff that was coming back to me. But, you know, I'm not too much worried about but that either. The reaction uh, to it was so varied in who reacted to it even Charles Barkley he called he called you out for saying you couldn't finish the season on your knees so how can you be sitting on the couch talking about I can't finish a season 
on his. Yeah, I was. Well, I'm just uh, happy that Charles Barkley knows me. You know, I really didn't know that. Uh, oh, he knows that you. I've been that far out. So, uh, first of all, thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's a big hey. Thank you for you know, knowing the, my of name. Of all the responses you got other than Charles, what, were, what was the one that, I guess, surprised you, or whether it be a person or a comment that was made to you? And Well, it, I mean, there were a couple, a couple of death threats in there, which was That's pretty serious, yeah. you know, but right. uh, it wasn't more towards me, because I can, you know, I can, if I can say it, I can take it. It was more for my family. I didn't want my family to be having to watch their back when they're out in Jacksonville or if they're, if we're out in Chicago, because I do have friends in Chicago as well, uh, a couple family members as well, so uh, that, that was the only scary part about it, but you know, it's part of that. You know, that's their opinion. That's how they felt. So I can't really say, like, oh, you know, it's a big ordeal about it. I just left it how it was. How is, how is your knee right now? Uh, it's, it's going well. I have a brace on right now. Um, had surgery a couple weeks ago, so I'll be out for about three, four months. But I'll be ready to come back and take on all the critics once again. Yeah, can you finish the interview on the knee, though? I mean, is I, it I won't. You won't. I won't say it. I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was no way. Yeah, that, was, that was good. It was good. It was, you were going there. You well, understanding, there. understanding that the shelf life for running backs is shorter than some of the other positions and, and knowing that you've been through five seasons and, and you just had a knee surgery, is there a certain way you attack the offseason, that you approach the offseason from a training, from a diet, uh, just from your overall preparation so that you can lengthen your career and have as long a career as possible? Uh, well, I, I, after talking with Dr. Andrews, the, the, the big deal now is to lose weight, get down to about 200, 205 pounds and not run as much as I used to. So I'll be more of a, a Michael Phelps type of guy now. So I'll be trying out for the Olympic team later on <laughs> nice. in my career. And you probably will know you. I can see you on the, the bobsled team I'll, in the back. I can see you doing it. I'm going to try to win a couple gold medals before it's all said and done. Then I'll wear them on the show and we can talk about that. We'll have a dance for that when we win. <laughs> yeah, I like it. We, we, we can call it the luge. Yeah. You know? Uh, what do you think of this game? Give me a winner. Who wins uh, Super Bowl 45? Well, I've been going against the Packers throughout the whole time. One of my best friends is Matt Forte. So I, I wanted them to win so I can at least go and cheer for him. But uh, since I've been going against the Packers, they've been dominating me. I'm going to go with them this time, and hopefully they make me right. So you think, you're gonna, you think the Packers win this game? Yeah, I just think uh, Aaron Rodgers, they're the hot team. He's a hot quarterback right now. Uh, they've been playing great football throughout where Pittsburgh has struggled in certain halves uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, throughout the uh, playoffs. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great game, though. The thing I look at in this game, you were talking about matchups for, up front. You were talking about the offensive line. You guys have a great you know, young line that's kind of building. What are you seeing in that matchup? Um, well, they both have great defensive lines. I think Pittsburgh, uh, they've been banged up, obviously, with uh, Pouncey being out or not knowing if he's going to play um, throughout shuffling guys in and out. So that's going to be a, definitely a, a mismatch for them. Uh, Packers, their offensive line, they, they kind of solidify where they want to go. They've been able to protect Rodgers a little bit, but you have Woodley and Harrison on the outside that they're pretty good. So uh, I still give the edge to the Packers just because all the injuries that Pittsburgh Lions had. And one of the untalked about aspects, I think, too, Mendenhall. Yeah. I mean, last week, I, I think that was really one of the under-the-radar stories. Truly was running with a purpose. Well, I think uh, he actually came out and proved what he was worth in the first four games when Ben wasn't there, and they were running the ball um, – I mean, 30, 35 times a game, and they were winning games with Charlie Vetch. You know, without Mendenhall in those first four games, they would probably win 0 and 4. So uh, he's definitely solidified himself as one of the top backs in the league. I think he's uh, doing great with this line that's obviously been uh, ravaged by injuries, and uh, he's going to be the key to their success. All right, where are you watching the game? You're going to be here? Uh, no, you, I don't. Home? Where are you watching it? Can I hang out with you? Yeah, sure. I, I hang out in the Rich Eisen suite. Really? Oh yeah, we got quite the spread. 
Yeah. Well, I have to, you got to make sure it's fit to my my regiment though, it, my diet. It looks you know, it looks it looks a lot like Jerry Jones's suite. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's really it's odd because they, they look at me and they they act like it's really Jerry's suite. And I'm like, no, I thought it was mine. And it, it, it can get awkward if you can handle that. I, I'm okay with awkward. I think I've taken that the last couple of weeks. So. <laughs> You've taken it to new levels. Yeah, another, another day in awkward land wouldn't, wouldn't bother another, me too right, much. So then let's hang out. Well, let's, let's hang, hang out. out. Again, as long as you don't you know, get phased by the fact that it, it, people think it's Jerry Jones' suite while we're there. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm with you. So Who are you sponsoring here? What are you doing here? Uh, I'm here with Star Greeks. It's a new online deal where fans can go out and get... Uh, you can send emails to friends with my voice. So let's say you're playing fantasy football or mm-hmm. say if I'm a friend and I want to talk trash to you, yeah. which I'm pretty good at, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll say, well, you are. I'll say uh, hey, sure Rich, are. you know, right. Maurice didn't do your dance because he doesn't like you. And then blah, blah, blah. And, and it just goes on and on. You can go from happy birthdays to Christmas cards. I've done hundreds of names. I even done, I had made them say Rich Eisen. Did you? Yeah. Did you do How a Jamie Dukes one? I'll go back and do that. Okay. You know, Star I was there for greets. about four or five hours. I'll make sure I can okay. do all that. So you you send out a an e- it's an email. It's an email to friends. Email and to so, friends. What so, would you send to Jake? Cut? Okay, we had to go to break. I'm sorry. You can see, you could be more subtle than that. Yeah, but see, you, you, brought, you brought up little, little, friends with Matt Forte. Right. You said that you guys are good friends. What was his response yeah. in your comments? <laughs> yeah. Let, let's put Forte yeah. on blast. Well, let's find actually, out what his response was. Yesterday, uh, we were hanging out, and he was a little upset about it because it's the first time we could see each other face to face. And uh, we were walking out. You know, I have a bad leg, and he tripped me, and I slipped on the ice. <laughs> oh, stop. And then he goes, stop. he goes, now, how do you feel? And I was like, actually, I feel pretty good. You, you actually helped me out a little bit. Did you, but Lisa you finished the walk. Let's finish the walk. Finished the walk. You finished yeah, the walk. Finished yeah, walk. The walk off. Matt so was it, it, not mad at you. No, he wasn't. I, I mean, don't say that. <laughs> but I have to give him a jab back because okay. he hasn't stepped up for me. He's in Chicago. At least your friends would take your back sometimes. Send him you know? a star green. It wouldn't be a nice one, though. That's okay. Yeah, but he's got to get in the huddle with Cutler. No, he's got to get that contract first, and then he can back <laughs> yeah, you. There you go. There you there go. He's got to get in the huddle with Caleb Haney. Yes, he does. We know that. Yeah. Yes. Good to see you. It's always good to be with you guys. Good and you got your Bears you. colors on, too, which is very yeah. nice. That's a nice always, way of apologizing. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying to make up. He's trying to make up for it. <laughs> Jay Cutler, no doubt, is watching this at home <laughs> with his leg with his leg elevated. I'm sure. Oh, no, he's probably on the day of drive at, at his his uh, promise spot. Good to see you, Maurice Jones. He won the Heisman Trophy, then he won the Super Bowl MVP. The only other people to do that, Roger Staubach, Jim Plunkett, Marcus Allen. That is all I am saying. He went the distance, not once, twice. Pretty pretty good company. Pretty twice. good company. You know? Super Bowl 31, <laughs> most valuable player. Yes, sir. Joining us here for the first time on NFL Network? The first time. I'm a big fan. You've made it. You know, my man, wow. Rich Eisen, obviously a Michigan alum, my yeah. guy. So thanks for having me, guys. Well, how come I feel your guy so who's the face of the network hadn't pulled any strings earlier than that? <laughs> I've always wanted to. I know. I'm all excited. All Indiana's Trent yes. Green joining the broadcast for the first time as well, uh, along with Jim Moore and Jamie Dukes. Good to see you, Desmond. You've got, you've got the hardware on in your right hand right now. Yeah, you this know. is the only time I bring it out. You know, this is, this is, this is what we're here for. This is why we do what we do is to, to get one of these so this is a special uh, a special piece of jewelry I only bring it out for this occasion so what are your memories of that day against the Patriots you know what one of my my one of my uh, fondest memories is, is getting a migraine headache you know this <laughs> is, is that what happened that's Andre Rising no Andre actually was involved in this scenario <laughs> let me tell you what happened obviously the Patriots got the ball first so they we stopped them on defense they punted the ball to us I returned the punt pretty good punt return right I got tackled on their sideline. 
expertise were exchanged. Uh-huh. <laughs> My teammates had to come and get me from the sideline. I go back to our sideline. Two plays later, uh, Brett Favre notices a blitz coming. He checked to a razor. We've been going over this in practice. Hits Andre Rice on the post. Touchdown, 7 nothing. My head, instant migraine. Like, I don't even get headaches. But the drilling rush was so strong that I had a migraine headache. I had to go see the trainers. They had to calm me back down, and then I was able to go out there and perform. Wow. I watched you guys that week practice. You were out of the Saints facility, and uh, the blinds were all shut, but I was peeking through. Your Friday <laughs> practice was probably the most crisp I remember this vividly cr- yeah. practice I've ever seen. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go out and watch the Packers this week at all? I haven't watched them. I just got in last night from Miami, so I haven't watched them practice at all. But it doesn't surprise me because in this situation, what you want to do is you want to get all of your, 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 your tough practices in in Green Bay or wherever you're coming from. So then once you come here, you have to deal with the media, you have to deal with family and all that stuff earlier in the week. But then when you tailor off that stuff, that's when you start to really focus in. So that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday needs to be sharp. And Mike Holmgren, our head coach, he did a fantastic job with that. You know, what's interesting in this game, and if you think back, I can't recall a Super Bowl in recent history where Really, special teams has not been talked about. There's no return guy that you go, if that guy pops it, game over. That's true. And and, and so I'm looking at this game saying to myself, where does the field position battle? Who wins that field position battle from having that advantage in the special teams area? Yeah, I don't think there's a, a, a team that has an advantage, especially from a returner standpoint. I you think could be Randall L. right now, I know. I have one in me. They can sign me to a 10-day contract. I got one that is practice stuff just I may not do. That's just all you one? need, baby. <laughs> just all you need. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, uh, if, who do you think uh, has that ability to break out and grab that MVP trophy in this game out of either one of these two? I think, um, you know, when I look at the the way this is playing out, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers has a a fantastic game and do something that Brett Favre never did, which is win MVP of a Super Bowl. And I think this is what people are going to say after it's over. Like, you know, he did what Brett never did. Now, don't, you know, don't get all excited because Brett was a hell of a quarterback, three MVPs. But I think this is something that a lot of their uh, fan base who may still be kind of angry at Brett for what he did, they may try to use that against him and say, look, look what Aaron Rodgers has done. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, hey, he has some big shoes to fill up in Green Bay with uh, following number four. What do you make of the way he's followed him? And what do you make of the, the uh, answer he gave the other day, the very curt, when they asked if he talked to Brett? No. <laughs> well, you know, when, when, when Aaron was first drafted in Green Bay, I think uh, Brett made a comment about, you know, he's not there to, like, mentor him or hold his hand. I remember that, yep. yep. Remember that right. comment. So I think they always they got off on the wrong foot out the gate. And then, but I, the thing I like about Aaron is he never sat there and, and said anything disparaging about Brett. When Brett was going back and forth, am I going to retire? Am I coming back? And Aaron was in the, in the, in the wings trying to wait his time. He never said anything negative about Brett. So I like the way he was just uh, a good soldier for the Packers. He never made any waves. And he waited no his drama. time out. But let me say something to, to, for my former teammate, too. Neither did Brett. Brett never directly made comments publicly about right. Aaron. Never really has still told the truth of how the whole situation has played itself out publicly out of Brett's mouth. And and that if that comes out, it could get ugly too. I'm just wondering. So if we just saw you know a shot of, of Favre and Rogers on the sideline, and right. Favre being the uh, the the old gunslinger veteran with who's the 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 face of that franchise so many years, and Rogers is the young 
up-and-comer, waiting right. his turn, great exactly. with his legs, great with his arms. And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. Maybe years from now, we'll look at those shots and say that's like a Montana and Young thing. Now, I know I'm putting a lot on Aaron Rodgers. No, that's cool. But no, you, but you're but almost there already. I mean, You think, think about they're there already? Because, I mean. Think about this. Okay, like, let's look at Steve's window. And I was playing while Steve was playing. Steve's greatness was about a seven-year window. Remember, he bounced all over the world. You he know, starting the uh, uh, USFL, Tampa, USFL, USFL for the, yeah. the, the LA franchise. Yeah, right. Tampa drafted Tampa him. Right. Yep. So, but his—if you look at his window of greatness—was seven years. You have this kid here who's had two really pretty good years. He had a learning year, so he's not that far removed. And again, right. who's replaced Marino? We don't know. We're still looking for that guy. Who's replaced John Elway? We're still looking for that guy. We can clearly say that Aaron Rodgers has earned and led his team to the Super Bowl. Win, lose, or draw, yeah. I think he's eclipsed anything that anybody could have expected from that standpoint. Right. And he's a man of his own, standing on his own merits, standing on his own but game. But the comment you made about Brett, see, Brett, there's a, there's a huge expectation that comes with being the leader of the team, the face of the program, almost the face of the NFL. So the expectations of him when Aaron Rodgers were, was drafted – were a lot greater than what Aaron Rodgers would have had to deal with as far as responding to Brett and Brett wavering, am I going to come, am I not, you know, am I going to retire? So I thought that it was, a, you know, the onus to me is on Brett Favre to either take this guy under the wing and, 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 you know, make him feel like he's a part of the program, part of your team, part of the football family. When we won the Super Bowl, we felt like we were a family. I mean, I loved my teammates. Mike Holmgren made sure that was something that went throughout the locker room. And that's why we were able to perform at the level we performed. If you look at Bill Walsh, his teams love each other. You ask any of them. Talk to, talk to Steve Young. Talk to the GOAT, Jerry Rice. Those guys loved each other. It well, was a family atmosphere. This is very eerily similar, well, I, I that Steve and Joe. Oh, well, you still can have family members who you may have a That's part of the reason why I wanted yeah. that. But also too. what you, you see that Green Bay followed the Bill Walsh model. And Bill Walsh, with his great players, as they neared the end of their career, he moved them out. And he had someone move in. He did it with Ronnie. He did it with Joe. Mm-hmm. And it's much like they did with Favre. Favre was gone. And hey, let's get Aaron Rodgers in there. No matter how great he is, it's time to move on. But here's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. He's handled the adversity so well, the transition from, from Brett Favre, and now exactly. he's the starter. He's handled it all very well, yeah. just like Steve Young did taking over for Joe Montana. Yeah. But when Steve Young ends up getting into the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, we all remember taking the monkey off his yep. back thing exactly. with Gary Plummer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think Aaron Rodgers <laughs> you think Aaron Rodgers will feel that same type no of pressure? Because up until this point, he hasn't shown feeling any of that well, pressure. But now all of a sudden you're yeah. on center stage. Brett Favre won a Super Bowl. Is this his final hurdle in Will he be able? Will he be affected by that pressure on game? Yeah, and Mar- Mariucci mentioned that, that yep. yesterday, the moment where Gary Plummer took the figurative monkey off of exactly. Steve Young's back on the sideline. Uh, I don't know if Rodgers feels that pressure or not. He but, doesn't oh, emote that. He doesn't at emote all. that. Oh no, no, at all. he feels. But it. I just, you, I just find this. Of course, you feel. Of course, you. I just find it an interesting analogy. You, you bear the weight. Think about this, just from your own person. You bear the weight of some of the great broadcasters that have broadcast. You know. Oh, oh you, you, can so, you. You can see Berman on room. my back. I'm going to take Berman off my back like Eric Berman took me. But I think the biggest difference is because of what's happened with Brett Favre, 
He's kind of fell off of that perch now, though. Sure, oh, so the sure, greatness yeah. of Brett Favre has been kind of tarnished. <laughs> where Aaron Rodgers well, the legacy, may not, feel not the greatness, yeah, the, the greatness legacy. of his Wait legacy. There, yeah. there you go. He may, you, you may have, he, he may have taken uh, uh, Costas off my back because I still feel. <laughs> you still feel Berman? <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll get him later. Yeah, we'll get Boomer. He's heavy. I gotta get. I was with Fowler, a great friend who, who works with you on on your version of Game Day, College Game Day, yes, uh, which you do a great job on. Absolutely, you have done a, a superb job yeah, really transitioning to Thank television. You. Good to see you, Desmond. Have Thank a great time here with the Packers back in the Super Bowl. That yes, is sir. Desmond Howard, Super Bowl MVP and Heisman Trophy winner. He is one of the elite quarterbacks of the National Football League, and for the next three days. He can call himself the reigning Super Bowl MVP before he has to hand off and that champ. title. But everything else, nobody could take anything else away from you, Drew Brees. One of the good guys in the game here in Dallas. Also to pick up the Bart Starr Award on Saturday. That is some big-time heady stuff. Good to see you, Drew Brees. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. You also played your high school action right around in yeah, the state, too, correct? Not too, not too far, far away. I actually played the state championship back in 1996. <laughs> 5A football in Texas Stadium, the old Texas Stadium, before uh, before they built the new one, obviously. And what was that like? You must have got been torn down, big, but... bright-eyed, and walking into Texas Stadium. Well, the, the neat thing was uh, playing Dallas on Sunday night back in 2006. So going back into Texas Stadium, and, and that's the first time I had started a game in that building since '96. So 10 years later, who would have thought that you know, I'd be you know, able to play there again? Now Highland Park. You know, they have an indoor facility. So does your high school also have one of those We do, we do not have an indoor facility. I'm wondering why you would need an indoor facility in Dallas. <laughs> I, I guess obviously well, we're seeing two weeks, right. Right. Two But weeks. that's why they don't play high school football in January. Um, yeah, that, that's obviously there's some – what that tells you, there's some big high school football programs down here that uh, put a lot of money in, into their programs. You know, when I, when I think about, you know, we've, we've been talking about obviously we have two quarterbacks here. I think fascinating quarterbacks who do it in a different way. One of them, who's won two rings now, doesn't seem to get the credit that he deserves in Ben Roethlisberger. Why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, I think so much of the attention when you talk about Pittsburgh is that vaunted Steeler defense and, um, you know, typically the run game and just the way that the Steelers play football. And it's all about playing sound defense, uh, making big plays on defense, and then also just controlling the line of scrimmage and running the football effectively. I think what, you know, Ben doesn't have many of those games where he's throwing the ball more than 30 times, where he's throwing for 300-plus yards. He just he does the little things like uh, converting that critical third down by scrambling outside the pocket and running for it or making that big play when they really need it by, you know, avoiding the pressure and, 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 getting the, and delivering the ball accurately down the field. So he just does some of the little things that most people probably don't give him credit for just because so much of the attention goes to the run game and the defense. It's interesting because you, you mentioned that, but the uh... – Steelers actually led the league in big plays this year, plus really? 20 plays. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, you, you wouldn't you, think you that. You think defense and, and run game, but they they do push the ball down the field. Did you do research for this? <laughs> right here in the... Uh, he pulled that out. you like that? I like that. But, no, that is a good point, that they, they are vertical and uh, will definitely test the Packers, maybe in a way... Is there, is there any other team in the NFC that was able to test them uh, in a way vertically 
it might have been maybe your team, but you guys didn't play the Green Eagles, Bay Packers Eagles are one of those teams that have the ability, a guy with Deshaun Jackson, like with Wallace, who could stretch the field, uh, you know, vertically would be one of the teams, but not many, because the other part of that was, is that pass rush thing. <laughs> and, you know, and they had the bloodline, you know, and Clay Matthews Jr., who was getting after the quarterback. So you don't have that luxury of time. And the bloodline knocked Kevin Cobb out yeah. in week one, and that really ushered in Michael Vick 2.0. Uh, what what do you think of these two defenses here, Drew? Because we could talk about the quarterbacks yeah. who are blue in the face, but we could have a defensive struggle yeah, out I there think, Sunday. I think that's the X factor in this game. Just certainly Green Bay's defense uh, is not the one who is getting gets all the accolades for that team, at least not until recently, and the way that they've played in the playoffs. But typically when you think of Green Bay, you think of the way they spread you out on offense. You think of Aaron Rodgers. You think of all their playmakers. But uh, that defense and Dom Capers has done a phenomenal job of getting after the quarterback, you know, forcing uh, turnovers, giving their offense opportunities. And uh, they're playing with a ton of confidence right now. Um, I think they probably have the best ball skills in that secondary, which if you look at their ability to make plays in the secondary over the last three years, they've probably been one of the teams that have made the most plays, gotten the most interceptions, really created opportunities for their offense. Now, jump, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, jumping to the Saints now, you know, Sean Payton did, did put such a focus on not having a letdown after the Super Bowl victory a year ago. And, you know, a lot was made of, of what he did in the offseason, what he did in training camp. Yeah. But then you can't really affect what happens from an injury standpoint. What exactly was that like going into the, the, the training camp this year as, a, as opposed to a year ago? Being the defending Super Bowl champions, the pressure, the attention, all those things right. that come with it. Well, like you said, I think Sean prepared us very well. Um, for that just in all of us I mean I think we all did our research we all talked to people who had been in the big game and then those that had come back the next year and maybe it, it uh, you know, hadn't made it back to the playoffs and so you asked the question why what do you think it was also talking to those teams that were able to go back and repeat and say well, well what was it that allowed you to do that again the consensus from all of them was it's hard yeah. <laughs> it is hard and so we weren't naive to the fact that we would we were going to face adversity. There was going to be challenges. Now, did we know it was going to be that soon in the season? No. You know, we had some injuries. We dropped to four and three. And here come all the, the critics, you know, saying, well, you know, just yet another Super Bowl team with, with the hangover. And I felt like we responded to that very well. We rattled off six wins in a row. We made it to the playoffs with an 11 and five record. Had all the intentions of coming back here and, and playing this game again. I felt like we had the team to do it. But uh, injuries probably caught up with us, and, and obviously we, uh, we stumbled a little bit in Seattle. But, uh, you know, fact is I think we have a lot to be proud of and excited about what we have moving forward, too. Talk about the game, the nerves. You know, this is what's kind of fascinating. See, other guys can be nervous in that game, in the Super Bowl, and that's okay. And, and they'll sit down. But the quarterback has got to be on. And the quarterback has got to fight those nerves. How long, or did you have them? First of all, and if you did have a settle, you know, the nerve issues, how long did it take you to kind of just yeah. settle in and get to, into, into a groove? Well, first of all, I mean, I have nerves before every game. I think if you don't have nerves, it's maybe time to get out. Yeah. But I <laughs> think this, I, it didn't kick up a little bit. I know what you're bit. saying. Yeah. No, it did. Uh, there is so much hype and hoopla and everything surrounding the Super Bowl game itself. And even like game day, pregame, halftime, it's an adjustment because, I mean, you come out for pregame and in a normal game, you're used to five minutes later. Here's the coin toss, and you're kicking it off. In that game last year, it's like 45 minutes from the time you come out. And so your adrenaline's pumping, and yet you have to find a way to calm yourself down, stay poised and composed, 
so that you can go out there and function properly. Otherwise, you'll be in trouble. So I think it took us about till the mid-first quarter to really just calm down and realize that, you know what, this is just another football game, and we are prepared. And then and we just saw a montage of all your highlights from that game, and it ended up with what I think is the iconic shot of the entire Super Bowl, if not virtually every Super Bowl I've ever seen, which is a, a dream. We're all dads here on yeah, the set. Absolutely. Uh, it's a dream. Absolutely. What a dream come true yeah. to have uh, uh, a, beatific, a beatific boy. I mean, what was look at that little to? boy right there. Look at Balin <laughs> was that? with those big old headsets on and those big eyes yeah. to hold him in your hands. Yeah. At the pinnacle of your career. Rich, you're trying to get him to cry right uh, here in this no, side. You're I'm trying, you're trying to get him emotional. I mean, that's you know? what, what, that'll, that'll, that'll always be one of the greatest moments of my life, no matter what happens from here on. And I hope that there's more moments like that. I, if we keep having boys, I'm going to have to find a way to get them each some action <laughs> like that. But, uh, no, it was just – and to think that uh, – I mean, we had no idea that cameras were on us or anything else. It was as if – you know, me, my wife, my son, we were just the only people on earth just yeah. celebrating this moment, watching the confetti come down, just, you know, looking at the Jumbotron saying world champions and just thinking the culmination of everything that we had been through, especially the last four years in New Orleans post-Katrina and watching the city come together and the team come together and, you know, going through the ups and downs. And here we were uh, as part of the journey to, to be Super Bowl champs was just magical. And I think you might have broken some ground. I think uh, this year they're preparing – uh, headsets for little kids celebration with the logo of the, the winning team on the side, you know, the handout, the, the headsets for yeah, little good kids. Idea. Good to see you, Drew. Let him dial it good up. To, and, 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 again, and again, congrats on that Bart Star Award you're going to pick Thank up this you. week. Tremendous a, honor. That is a All tremendous honor. honor. I mean, and here at a Packer Super Bowl, have Bart Star Award, too. That's a that's pretty neat crossroads right there. Good to see you. That's uh, Drew Brees, uh, the Super Bowl MVP of last year's Super Bowl for the New Orleans Saints. Interestingly enough, a guy who made the tuck rule ruling a few years ago. Would have been interesting if the Patriots got here. And that is the way I welcome in an old friend, the former VP of officiating the National Football League, now the man who sets every record straight star. on Fox. The star, star of the NFL on Fox. Forget Joe Buck. Joe who? Yeah. Troy Aikman who? It's Mike Pereira. Good to see you, Mike Pereira. Well, I become like part of your inner circle if they get the tuck rule Hold on a minute. Now, let's, this is perfect. I love this, that this is happening on live television. Because for seven years, seven years, I had this man on NFL Total Access right. every Wednesday. Every An Wednesday. official review. Must-see television. Every time the tuck rule came up, and even not, I kept pounding at you. Get it out of the game. It's ridiculous. It's, it's extraneous. It's confusing. You're like, no, 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 no. Now you leave the NFL and you run on FoxSports.com. Get rid of the tuck rule. There's a lot of things I defended when I worked for the league. <laughs> Forget the tuck rule. Let's make pass interference a maximum 15-yard penalty. That you want to? What you want heck? that now? I actually do want you. that. I do. I understand them not wanting to do it because you don't want to take away the vertical passing game. But you put so much pressure on officials when all of a sudden he's got to make a decision that's a 50-yard. Oh, oh, pressure 50 on officials. Yards. Go be a coach for him. Keep going. Game. Keep going. What else you want? Come on, let's change it. The wall on the court. Let's change it. Let him go. 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 I'm getting him riled up. He's the only pressure coach in the history of the NFL. Tell that story. Yeah. Only pressure. The only coach <laughs> in the history of the NFL. Used to start, I'd never get a call from a coach until Monday at noon. But everything has gotten so immediate, as we've talked about, yes. with all the, the cell phones and everything. But the only guy right here, he's my man who called me at halftime during at half the game. Time. You called <laughs> you chewed me out at halftime. That's because he had a guy on the field who didn't know the rules. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm on the phone and going, 
Are you playing? You have 12 minutes is all halftime. <laughs> How can you have time to call me? I, have my phone. Phone. What I said I was bothered a little bit <laughs> hot about a ruling on the field. And now, I were you said, in Seattle or Atlanta at the time? I was in Seattle. Seattle. I said, I got Mike right on the phone at halftime. He couldn't believe it. That was the only time that's ever happened in your in your tenure. Being I don't here. think it's ever going to happen again, Not either. I, well, I, you know what? Again, the tuck rule. So you see, get it out now. See, I know. Did, I now, know. You get right back, did, to the, here, right back to the tuck Not rule. that this is about me, but let's make it about me <laughs> for a moment. Did I influence... This you decision, did. I helped. You, I did help you, bring you, you, you to actually, light. You this. actually did because you know I, I was an advocate of the Tuck Rule, which was in long before what happened in the game in New England. Right. But I was an advocate for it because it's easy. I mean, and it's very black and white. And when you go to video to look at it, it's easy to see that you know by the rule that says as long as there's motion of the arm, even though he's bringing it back, you consider it a pass. But it doesn't make sense. No. I mean, I think that's the issue. And the more I the more I watched it, and here's where I am right now, is that. When you watch the referees, you have to make that decision. Nine out of ten times, they rule it a fumble. Right. Because it, it, it visualizes as a fumble, not a pass. Well, the concept is when you're bringing the ball in, you no longer have an intention to throw it. So how could it be construed as an attempt to throw it? You're, it makes no sense. Right well, it makes no sense. But if you're tucking I, it away, you no longer they, intend to throw the But don't you think the, the reason is why the officials call it a fumble? Because if they call it an incomplete pass, then the play stops. So they call it a fumble just so they err on the side of caution? Well, you, you know, I may have said that at some point. But now, <laughs> since, now since, since Ed Hockley made his famous call in the San Diego game, right. uh, San Diego-Denver game, where right. that whole yes. pass fumble thing right. was not reviewable if you ruled it incomplete, now you made it reviewable. So you really don't have to lean that way in order to get the play reviewed. Right. I just think that, you know, from my standpoint, it's interesting because you've got to look at the tuck play scenario. You've got to look at the Calvin Johnson catch in week one That's in it. Detroit. And you've got to look and say, do you somehow align your rule to where it goes with common sense and it goes to no how question. everybody sees it? No and, question. And, and I, sense, I think that's a challenge I, for the I've league. I've always said that to you in our seven years, pandering back and forth on the show as well, where I'm like, why can't there be some common sense inserted into the rule book? You know, where it looks like a, uh, a, a, a completed catch. It should be that, though. But in this case, with Calvin Johnson, how can this be codified within the rule book to make that a catch when everything else is going to the ground if you don't maintain it you got to give discretion yeah, it's discretion I, I, yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how you do it because i mean i think you, i think you, i think you're going to have different levels of common sense i would assume i mean so then you get a whole just maybe, maybe maybe you go back to the rule before Bert Emanuel and just say if the ball touches the ground period it's incomplete whether or not you maintain control or not which i don't think would be a good thing to do but you know, the, the, I would say this. I think this is the one area of the game that replay has hurt the most. You know, what is a catch? What is not a catch? Because there's so much involved in this process you now. It's wrong. just made it difficult. Get, ground, ben, how about this? If instant replay was around, the immaculate reception might have been reviewed right. and, and overturned. Right. You know, I mean, you take a look at that sort of thing. But, I, but, well, there but, would have been a lot more cameras at the field giving you different angles because that's really what they're limited. They can't yeah. tell if it hit the hands first or the defender first. Well, you could, you, could go, you could go back, and, and I'm not a history buff with the league, but you could go back to the Mike Renfro play they always refer to at the end line and whether or not that was a catch or not ruled a touchdown. The Butch Johnson catch in the end zone, I think it was like Super Bowl 12. 
That's not a catch. I mean, that's not even close to a catch, in, uh, in at least in the interpretation of the rules now. But Before we let you go, last quick, what do you think of Walt Anderson? What can you tell us about him? For I think any time you have a former dentist from Sugar Land, Texas, nice. officiating a game in front of 150 million people, you got to wonder. He's a great official. He's a great official. He's a... He had a, a game as a line judge a couple years ago. He is um, a master at preparation. I mean, I, of all the referees I've watched, he, he does videos for his crews that are sensational. He'll, he'll have that crew ready for anything that the Packers or the Steelers are going to present. Any formation, any motion, any kind of schemes, he'll have that crew ready. And so if he tells that Aaron Rodgers at any point to rinse... We'll understand what he what, what he's doing. Well, if he brings out floss and hands him floss. Hey, listen, you got to have proper dental hygiene. Good to see you, Marshall Falk. Look what we have here on the set here on NFL Network. This will be the Black Eyed Peas, everybody. Yes, it's the Black Eyed Peas. Yes. Now, now, Will, I don't know if you know, Marshall has been accused of trying to grow your facial hair over the last three weeks. And I, I don't I know. If, I don't know if he's. Okay. Can you he critique no, it? He's not. He's not growing my facial hair. That's what fast people wear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get that? Oh, so he so he has your back in this right. whole thing. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll take that. You like that, huh? I'll take that. And uh, it was funny, uh, Tabo, you were asking me if that's the real deal, the real deal. right there. That is the real Lombardi trophy that's going to be handed out on she. Sunday night. Nice. That's a she. It's a she. I'll know it's Fergie. That's a she. It's Vince Lombardi, but it's a she. Blood, sweat, and tears. I proposed to her yesterday. I took a knee and let her know. What happened? You get a... She didn't answer. Uh, yeah. Well, she was. You, she spurned you once. She, yes, she has. Yes. Uh, yes. She's been home with me once before, and one time she denied me. The bad thing about it, she gets around. Uh, <laughs> you know. She's a heartbreaker. I know. She's a heartbreaker. What, what do you think, Fergie, about being here uh, at the Super Bowl, getting set for a big time halftime uh, show? This is it. This is American football at its finest. This is a dream to perform the Super Bowl as an artist. You know, this is one of the biggest landmarks in your career, in your life. You know, uh, not many people can say that they've gotten to do this. Uh, football, we've always loved football. NFL and the Black Eyed Peas have always had a great partnership. We make kind of sports anthems. We're huge sports fans. Um, my father's a former uh, football coach, and uh, football Sunday was always a huge holiday at our house. And Super Bowl, nonetheless, was such yeah. a dream well, for all com of us. Compared to something, I mean... You guys travel around the world, and you play in huge venues. You have a huge following. C compare playing on that stage to... Yeah, so we, we played Brazil. There's a million people uh, at our show in Brazil. We played the World, we played the world Cup uh, this past year. Um, but this, you know, we're an American group. Uh, football has been a part of our lives, like Craigie said. My uncle used to play football for the Falcons. Uh, Lynn Kane, back with Billy Washington Johnson and uh, Steve Barkowski. I wanted to play professional football. What happened? You know, I got a concussion, but it's, you know, but that's cool. Uh, I think you still have that concussion. No, no, no. Was it a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit? What, what it happened? Was, no, I got, I got, you know, I, I was going on a pitch, and I turned around, and dude was there, and, I, you know, he hit me, and I flew back, and my head hit the ground. Rattled me up a little bit, but, you know, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you're was back. that the end of your career? That was, that was the, yes, that was, that, was, that was the end of my career. He got hit. <laughs> he got hit, now we're making hits. <laughs> oh, well done. You're quick, Another thing is the production. You know, we've never seen this type of production, and to have so many people 
you know, building the stage and have, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of, of, uh, of energy that is presented during the show. We've never seen this type of energy. Just watching the, the rehearsals yesterday was, it was crazy. It's going to be bananas. And it goes up in like 10 minutes, right? It, it, it's yeah. unbelievable how yeah. this thing... Here, here, here's what I want to know from you guys. Playing in the Super Bowl, um, you play in all these regular season games and playoffs, there's a feeling that you are accustomed to having. But you go and play in the Super Bowl and you find yourself hyperventilating. I mean, it's like, this is grand. I mean, this is it. Yeah. Do you guys have that feeling about the Super Bowl? I got, I got a little uh, anxious, a little nervous, just thinking about, you know, the big, the big stage and being up there and how far we've come. I remember performing in high school at the football game, CF, uh, CIF championships for, for Rosemead. Mm -hmm. Now we're performing at the halftime show. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've been tested before, you know, like I said, a million people in Brazil, the World Cup, playing at the inauguration. You know, we, I've been in, like, moments in life that are like, this is never going to happen again. Um, and the Super Bowl, I think we've, we've all, you know, gone through the, the, the training and, and uh, the discipline. And so we're we going to go up there and, and, and not let our nerves get the... You're looking at me like, yeah, right. <laughs> I want to know, how will we know if the nerves get to you? Like... Uh, you know, us being honest after the show. You know, we 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 are honest bunch of people. Okay. And I, yeah. you know, I, I, we will display okay. our honesty like after I we get off stage. Yeah. We'll game. have our game face on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or just start playing Lionel Richie songs out of the blue, or whatever. <laughs> you know, it could be like, whoa, they're a little bit off. They're a little bit off their game. You almost got a chance. To, you almost got a chance to perform for the president again. Had the Bears gotten here, right. Obama said he was right. coming. Yeah, he's but, not going to be here. No, but he'll be watching at home. I'm sure. The home yeah. being the the, it's the a good house. Game. That's right. What do you? I, I know you. You were smart, by the way, not to take the bait and choose between the two yeah. teams. You don't want to do that. Yeah, we have to be a little. You perform right in the middle. Well, both, yeah. both teams are great. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of feel like um, Green Bay wants to prove that they can do it without Favre, and I think that the Steelers are a great team who has been there before and they know how to win these games. So we've got both teams that are that are coming to play. We just want to see a good game. Yeah, you don't want to. You want to. You want to say who you're going for after you perform. Because yeah. the last thing you want to do is get up on national TV and root yes. for somebody, <laughs> and then you on stage and they start throwing stuff at you. Yeah. You, know, you want to be real neutral. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, unless my dolphins. Unless my dolphins are playing. That's right. Okay, then I cannot be neutral. Now you, you're, are you one yeah. of the? You're one of the many celebrity minority yes. owners of the Miami Dolphins. Yes, yes, I am. I've, lost I've been a fan for years. By the of way, of the Miami Dolphins. Yes, and I've got. Uh, Photos to prove it with some really bad hairstyles from years ago, <laughs> but uh, they're out wow. there, so check them out. But uh, yeah, With the Miami Dolphins. I'm a Finn fan, and it, so when I was offered this, a friend of mine told me they were, you know, offering this position, and I said, "Are you kidding me? This You're is right. a this is a dream." And, I, and my goal this year is to go to some games. I want to go root for my team. I want to go to Miami. I want to just just watch some football this year because we've been touring a lot of the other years and I haven't been able to go to the games and it's kind of a letdown for me so are you are you a sit in the stands kind of person or you want to be in the box or on the field I like it all but I'm, I'm definitely a screamer you know I like to talk oh. some smack and I like to yell is that I'm right football fan tried and true the adrenaline gets going I like to have some excitement going on uh, last year yeah, we I'm had an antagonizer I, I'm I go for a team just because everybody else is going for the other team just to huh. bring the excitement in the room so we have something, right? Because one thing you hate, one thing I hate is just a boring game where everybody's, you know, I like to, to be that dude that goes against it, right? I, I talk <laughs> trash, and I like doing that, right? I do that. Like last year, we were at the Super Bowl, New Orleans versus uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. 
and uh, our box. Yo, our box. We, we, we had a box. Hold on, we had a box. <laughs> and before the halftime show. They started playing I Got a Feeling. We hopped outside the box and performed for our little sex. So everybody, everybody turns around, turned around and watching We like this. rocking the whole box. <laughs> and there were people like, wait a minute. That's the Black Eyed Peas actually doing that. <laughs> yeah, we hopped out the box. Yeah. That's cool. We, we were up in the NFL Network uh, suite. You remember this? And there were these three guys that kept on standing up every time the Saints did anything. Even no gain. They were clapping and standing. And they were blocking our view. And I said, what's, you know, would you mind sitting down? I found out Kings and Leon. Wow. <laughs> I was there, and they're looking at me like, who are you? And I'm like, who are you? I don't know. Well, it's I'll, nice I'll when, when records, rock and jocks come together. You know. I know. It's Every, it's, and that's what we love, you know, having you guys here. And, and, and uh, for all the questions that you got upstairs, I don't know if you're going to go out and get a, several restraining orders fresh on know. some of these people. But <laughs> you, you're probably yeah. used to that sort of uh, line Double of questioning. Security. I know. I will. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Back. <laughs> it was kind of fun, though. I like when things are kept light. There we go. Not be so serious all the time. Well, we love having you on here. Thanks for coming Thank down. Thank you, It is an honor. It's an honor having you guys here. We look forward to uh, the big-time concert. We're all fans of each other. We like your music. You guys like sports. There we go. It's all good. Will I am for the Apple and Taboo right here. None other than JB, Jerome Bettis, the bus. Good to see you, Jerome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, doing some work with Guinness here. We've got a pint pour-off uh, that I'm involved in. And, and what they, is that? They went all across the country to find uh, one guy who could actually compete against me in a pint pour-off for, mm. Guinness, for Guinness beer. And luckily, he's from... Uh, Buffalo, so he's used to Super Bowl disappointments. Oh, <laughs> so he's here. He's going to get beat. Uh, I'm going to crush him uh, in the competition, and that'll trained, be the end of it. Have you trained for this? Do you train? I, I, for I've a done some training. Okay. I can't really talk about my technique right now because we got some spies in our, in our midst. Uh, but he's going to get crushed, like. All Buffalo fans it understand. It does look like you've been doing some curls of some sort. I've been working. You know, I've been, you know what I mean? I've been, I've been, been working like been out. I've been working out. That's not the only thing. His lovely wife tells me he's been on that golf course quite a bit, too. Yeah, quite a bit. Oh, so right. I, oh yeah, he's golfing now. He, I'm golfing. Him I'm and Marshall, golfing. they're on tour. <laughs> oh, is that so? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah they're little, on tour. I love golf. Do we get, I'm retired now, so I've got to, you know, do How good are you? Do we have a handicap? I'm about right now. It's rough because it's not in season. So right now I'm about a... A, a 10 or 11. Okay, that's good. Marshall will never say his yeah. handicap on the air. So that means he's a 6. Marshall yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, single digit. I'm talking about you. No, no when they me. say you're a 10, Marshall, you say a six. Marshall no. wants all the candy he can get. Right. He will Absolutely. never mention his handicap no on the never. air. So I, I like, I like, I like what you've done. Well, I got I to wonder a little bit because his voice inflection changed a little bit when we were talking about that. his handicap. Uh, his voice you changed. You saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I did. It's off season. He went high. So we know that is. I see you've got the hardware on the right hand right there. That's yeah. it. That is what a beautiful Super Bowl ring Thank that you. is. Yeah, considering I, you know, I helped design that. Thank you. I Did you really that. help design? Absolutely, that? absolutely. That was that was the one thing I wanted after we won the Super Bowl. I went right to uh, uh, Mr. Rooney and said, Mr. Rooney, this is my last game. I won't have a chance to win another one. Can I help design it? And Mr. Rooney said, it'll be me and you. And I was like, oh, yes. I want to so ask you this question that, that, that it, every team in the NFL would love an answer to. Why, why are the Steelers so consistently successful through coaching changes, which are rare for them, and through the years and through the drafts? Why? Well, I think it starts, it starts with the foundation in terms of the ownership. It starts there. They believe in a family approach to the organization, okay? Then 
the consistency comes in because of the philosophy. They've had one, one philosophy since Chuck Noll. They've run the football, play good defense, and have timely play by your quarterback when you need to have it, okay? Well, that's gone through every coach. So now when, it, when a coach comes in, he doesn't think to change the philosophy. This is what it is. Now what you got to do is get in line with that. And now we don't have to go and get different players for different systems. We've got one system. You can tweak it if you want to, but this is our system. You want to want to be the coach. You need to understand this is what it takes to win here in Pittsburgh. You get in line with it, and that's why the players stay the same or the same type of players, and that's where the consistency comes from. So when you have a coaching change, you don't have, hey, we've got to get guys to fit our system. No, we have a system in place. We're, we're bringing in the right coach to fit the system. Yeah, and you, that's a great point because Mike Tomlin, his background was a 4-3 with Monty Kiffin. Yeah, he comes in and, and says, hey, I'm going to keep Dick LeBeau. We're going to stay with the 3-4. And it's so important having long-term success in this league is, is creating a profile for the type of player you want, both physical profile and mental profile, and then sticking to your guns and not being, you know, not wavering and, and, and drafting and signing free agents that fit that profile. And they've done yeah. a marvelous job yeah, of absolutely. that. Absolutely. And it, and it, and it goes with the philosophy of family because now he comes in and it's not about him. He's saying, you know what, although I'm a defensive coordinator, I love the 4-3, it's not about me. It's about what's happening here and I'm going to change as opposed to you know, just tearing out that 3-4 and putting the 4-3 in. Big fella, you're up for the hall. And I'm going I'm to throw you a curveball okay. with this Hall of Fame question okay. talking about today's player. You come from an era just like Marshall and others where it was one back, first, second, third down. Yeah. We're not seeing that anymore. It's, it's running back by committee, yeah. three downs. Question to you is, do you envision there's a guy in the game today that is a running back that could potentially make the haul down the road because we become so specialized at the running back position? Yeah, it, that's, a, that's a great point, and it's starting in college. You, you're not seeing the feature backs in college, and I think there's probably one guy – uh, that you can look at and say he could probably last the test of time, and that's an Adrian Peterson in the sense that he has the tools um, to do everything. And you figure when he does slow down, he's going to slow down to a, to a speed where he's faster than most of the players uh, anyway. So I think this is a guy who has to potentially can get it done. I mean, but you don't see many of the, of, of the players in the NFL like this guy. you got maybe one or two feature backs in an offense, and it's, it's, it's sad for me yeah. as a running back. No, I, I see it. No, I, 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 and I, I listen to Marshall, and it's just, this is a new age. I mean, they're just not doing it. Well, you got the trophy right there, Lombardi Trophy. The Steelers have been collecting trophies, and you help them do that. Uh, I have a collection of my own that I'd like to bring up right now. Yes. That's a collection of autographed Jerome Bettis jerseys. I have an away jersey due to the 2009 Michigan Wolverines win over the wow. uh, Notre uh -huh. Dame Fighting Irish. Uh -huh. Then in 2010, wow, I have really a home oh. autographed Jerome Bettis jersey. Next year, Ooh. I'm going for the throwback. Ooh. I'm going for the throwback. Is year. this the forum for us to be talking about? Oh, absolutely. Your... Is there any other forum? What other forum could there possibly be for this? 
That's sad. To take this moment. Okay, we're at the Super Bowl. Yes, we are. Uh-huh. It's your so, Hall of Fame see, week. You could, yes, not, uh-huh. You, uh-huh. you could not be a part of the Steeler family because that's the selfishness that I'm talking about. You can't have. You know what I mean? I'm selfish. Jerome, there but is. You, it's a me, me, me thing Jerome. going on about what you have, what you've won off me. It's just sad. Jerome, <laughs> there is an I in Rich and Isaac. <laughs> it should not surprise you. You could not. You couldn't be anywhere in the Steeler yeah. organization. Anywhere. Anywhere. Well, which, which is, you know, heartbreaking to me because obviously it's a great organization. But I just wanted to uh, mention that there's a certain collection that I look forward to. And because wow. I am from that er- from that area, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I'm an unselfish guy, and I chose to make sure you had <laughs> yes, some jerseys. Exactly. Uh, you're you're a man, but I'm also, it's also pointing out you're a man of your word. You're a man of your word. He is. I'm very I like bringing that up. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to disappoint you on your special week. Where Where are you going to be uh, on Saturday night while while this is going down? Just, I, I'll be with I'll be All with right. my family. Oh, oh, crash oh, show time! Hey, 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 how you doing, man? Where you been? I've been waiting on you. Papa, I've been waiting on you. How you doing? How you doing? The bus. Papa meets the bus. I like it. Also. Oh, the, yeah. the sponsor of my podcast, oh, the Rich Eisen yeah. Podcast, oh, presented oh, by Papa yeah, John's. Yeah. Oh, Go ahead and get started, guys. Is it Go winning combination? You guys were saying? Go ahead. Oh, uh, so, you got a special announcement today. Yeah, we, uh, if you order uh, and sign up online to papajohn.com, you get uh, in the Papa John's. Um, Papa's points. Right. You go overtime and you get a free pizza for America. So what? anybody that signs up, oh, wow. if it's a tie game, it goes overtime. We feed America. If you so sign up, if you sign, you got to sign up. You got to go on, on PapaJohn.com. Right. That's right. Sign up. You get 25 Papa points. Oh, yeah. 25 Papa points will get you a free pizza. So we're pulling for an OT game, right. so we can feed America. So it's never happened. Oh, wow. It's never happened. So it'll be a lot of fun. And, and, you, and you have like iPhone apps now. It's unbelievable. Yep. People have yep. different ways that you can actually order Papa John's pizza. Yeah, a lot of places. Over 50% of our sales is online and in the app and mobile. Awesome. So people stuff. really dig it. They well, dig I'm, it. So I'm a Papa John's man. So. So I'm you, like, you like those better ingredients. <laughs> and, and, we have a, and we've got a Guinness to wash it down. Absolutely. Right. Right. A Guinness to wash it down. Now, what, what is the Guinness pour? Is it just who can pour the fastest pint? Or well, it's, what? It, well, no, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's about a perfect pour competition. Oh, if you, if you ever watch pour. it, yeah, perfect it's a pour. perfect pour. Guinness, if you ever see a commercial, you see it's a perfect pour. It's a perfect, right. it just looks great. The right amount so, of foam. The right amount of foam. The right amount of and uh, I've got that that recipe. I can't tell you about it now, <laughs> but we can talk about it after. After I, I, you got it down. I've got to destroy this guy from Buffalo. I've got to. That's just in my nature. He's thinking he can win. He can't win. Well, I've never thrown a break with my mouth full in my history of my career, but I'll do it for you. I'm pleased to do it with a Papa John's pizza. That's the way they roll. Better ingredients. Better ingredients. Better ingredients. Better pizza. It's better. Now you got to say it right. All right. What is it? It's better ingredients. Better pizza. Thanks for listening to this bonus podcast. We appreciate the listenership. You can follow me all Super Bowl weekend long on Twitter at Rich Eisen, on Facebook.com slash Rich Eisen, my blog, NFL.com slash Rich Eisen, all sorts of behind-the-scenes glimpses of Super Bowl 45 right here in North Texas. Join me next week on next Tuesday, a regular podcast right after the Super Bowl on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. Troy Aikman is scheduled to join me, and so is Matthew Perry, the actor who's done a show, Mr. Sunshine, starting on ABC coming up next Thursday, uh, next Wednesday.
Uh, pardon me, Matthew, and didn't mean to screw that up. But at any rate, thanks for listening to this bonus edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, signing off from North Texas. Stay listening, friends.